Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Billboard's Senior Director of Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. Hey, Katie, how's it going? Oh, hi, Keith. Pretty good. How about yourself? I'm all right. Uh, exciting uh, first Coachella weekend. Yes, it was a busy news weekend. Like er- almost every set at Coachella. Produced news. Some news event. Some Seriously. new song, some reunion, something you hadn't seen before, some surprise. Yes. Um, But you can always count on Coachella to do that. Yes. Um, And as always, uh, we'll talk more about that in just a second. More Coachella-related things. Uh, We've got nothing but two weeks of Coachella. Then again, we promised this. Like, for the past three weeks, we (laughs) said that we'd be talking about Coachella for the next month. And here we are. So anyway, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news Fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how Jack Harlow's new single, First Class, debuts straight in at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, marking his second leader and his first debut at number one. Plus, four albums start in the top 10 of the Billboard 200 chart, led by Jack White's latest effort. While Little Dirk 7220 returns to the top for a second non consecutive week. And Little Baby debuts two new songs on the Hot 100, bringing his total of chart entries to 100. Wow. How many other acts have at least 100 hits on the Hot 100? Why, well, we'll tell you in just a moment. Also on the show, we're talking all about Harry Styles bringing Shania Twain out on stage during his headlining set at Coachella and why it was such an excellent surprise. Plus, we take a look back at Harry's history with country music. Do we think that we'll ever see or hear a full record of country music from Harry Styles? We'll talk about all that and more in just a moment. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All righty, let's do the chart chat. First up, Jack Harlow's First Class debuts at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, scoring Harlow his second leader. He previously topped the list with his Lil Nas X collaboration, Industry Baby. First Class, which is built around a sample of Fergie's 2007 Hot 100 number one hit, Glamorous, launches with the biggest U.S. streaming week of 2022, 54.6 million streams in the week ending April 14th, 
according to Luminate, formerly MRC Data. Uh, the track quickly went viral on TikTok, by the way, after Harlow teased a snippet of the cut on March 31st. Uh, the song also starts with nearly 11,000 downloads sold and 4.1 million in radio airplay audience impressions. This makes me wonder, Keith. Yeah. And you don't know the answer to this, I don't think. Probably not. But I want Gary to start digging into it. Um, How frequent is it where a number one song samples, samples a another previous number, number one, one song? song. Um, so you have thought about this. I know, I have thought about it, and it's not exactly easy to research. Yeah. Um, I think... Oh, I he okay. Gary did mention it in his story. Okay, he said the last, the most. I think he said the most recent example of a number one that sampled something before was "Way Too Sexy" from Drake. Oh, sure. Which sampled "I'm Too Sexy," so "Way Too Sexy" was number one, and "I'm Too Sexy" by Right Said Fred was number one. Yeah. So, and that was only last year. Yep. I mean that it, and it feels that's a very great example. It feels like a similar similar vibe. It's I, like trust me. Yeah. I would love to have a list in front of me of all the number one hits that had sampled a previous number one hit. <laughs> but that's um, tough. But, I mean, we, we did something kind of—well, we did something similar-ish when we did the, I think, the 40th or 50th anniversary of the Hot 100 chart, mm. where we had a list of all the, all the songs that had been number one twice by two different artists. That's what I was thinking also. I, I know I've seen a list of covers of song of like— previous number ones that were covered to become another number one. Right. That I have seen before. Like, um, uh, You Keep Me Hanging On by The Supremes and then later by Kim Wilde. Yep. Uh, Venus, I think, was number one by The Shocking Blue and then by Bananarama. Mm -hmm. And then we also had a list of songs with the same title being number one uh -huh. by two different artists like uh, Take a Bow by Rihanna and Madonna, mm -hmm. two totally different songs, but yes. they have the exact same song title. Yes. So yeah, maybe Gary, you get on that. All right, Gar Gary, get <laughs> on that list. I'm Gary to that right now. Uh, first Class. First Class is from Harlow's upcoming album, Come Home, The Kids Miss You, which is due out on May 6th. Um, Jack Harlow is really kind of having a moment in the past uh, year. It's yeah. kind of wild. I'd say. I mean, like, he he had a number one with Lil Nas X for Industry Baby, but he's this is his first solo number one. And he broke out with What's Poppin'. Um, and I think people kind of thought that was, like, what it was going to be for Jack Harlow. Like, yeah. What's Poppin' was going to be what was poppin' for Jack Harlow, and now here he is. Like, was he going to be sort of this weird sort of fluke, one-hit wonder kind of guy? Which, I'd say not anymore. Which which I think m might have led people to think like, oh, what's he doing on this Lil Nas X track? In a way, I think if you had sort of like not a sort of expanded view of what Jack Harlow could do mm -hmm. and what his fan base was, and then this song kind of seems like it comes out of the blue, it's like, all right, we've been all just sleeping, Well, basically. and it's interesting too, like the Lil Nas X feature, Lil Nas X has spoken, I can't remember the names he said, but he asked other artists to be on that song and got turned down and jack said yes and because, i think because other artists didn't want to be associated with Lil nas x and the possible music video and what the content of it was or listen you can draw those conclusions, draw your conclusions how you want um i mean hip-hop does have a history of being a little touchy about you know homophobia etc so like let's just say that but um jack got on the song and jack was in the video and jack was like this i'm embracing the hell out of this and i think that might have made people look at him differently as far as like oh this this is more than just a what's popping guy he's a little more interesting than that i think it's given like what's happened to jack in like the past since industry baby has absolutely changed, I think, his fan base. Yeah. 
and has widened his appeal yes. greatly. Yeah. And he's currently, I mean, we in our office here in Billboard, our sister publication, one of our sister publications is now Rolling Stone. He's on the cover of Rolling Stone. Looking, you know, like sexy leading man dude. I'm I like, mean, he's not <laughs> been like off the radar exactly. No. Like when he was actually nominated at the BET Awards for Best New Artist last year, which we were like, okay, <laughs> BET Awards. But like he's, you know, he's been climbing and having moments, and this is clearly like the pinnacle of that now. I, I wonder what uh, Fergie has to say about glamorous oh, being you know, repurposed. I, she's talked about it. Oh, really? Yeah. She must be thrilled because she's getting songwriting credit. It's And it's money. like, I feel like, you know, sometimes things are sampled and it's like, it's clear it's a sample, but it doesn't really, you know, do anything to change the song. I, I feel like the way he used the, yeah. like her vocal for just that first class chunk and then created his own world around that is is really interesting too. Yeah. The, the way, when you listen to the chorus, the way, um, well, here, I'll play a bit of that right now. I've been a throw up the... Yeah, so you can hear the way that he took the glamorous, but inserted his own moments to make it contemporary and specific to him yes. and today. So, yep. you know, it's, it's a creative way of repurposing glamorous. Totally. All right. By the way, last week's number one, Harry Styles, as it was, falls to number two on the Hot 100. Staying with the Hot 100, Lil Baby sees his two new songs, Right On and In a Minute, debut at numbers 13 and 14, respectively, marking his 99th and 100th entries on the chart. He becomes just the 12th act with at least 100 hits on the Hot 100. I feel like this is going to be surprising to somebody who maybe isn't paying that close attention to pop music right now because Lil Baby is a relatively very new artist, and... Obviously, this has to do with him being on a lot of features. Featured out the wazoo and also the world of streaming where you can just Mm -hmm. have something instantly pop onto the chart from streaming. But it's also obviously very popular features like that. He has a hundred. You know, it's wild. I mean, they're not all features. They're not all features. But, you know, as we've seen, when you are a streaming oriented artist, which most hip hop artists are today, you drop an album or you drop a single or two, and it will instantly debut on the Hot 100. The entire album could debut on the Hot 100. 16 songs on the Hot 100, yeah. You know, yeah. Drake having whatever it was, like the entire top 50 or you know whatever like <laughs> yeah. crazy yeah, stuff Yeah, I he think does that now. was it. <laughs> yeah, that was the record. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, Lil Baby is just the 12th act with at least 100 hits on the Hot 100, and Drake leads all artists with the most Hot 100 hits with a whopping 260 hits on the Hot 100. All right, lastly, over on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Lil Durk's 7220 returns to number one, stepping two to one for its second non-consecutive week atop the list. The album debuted at number one on the March 26th dated chart and then spent the next three weeks in the runner-up slot. There are actually four debuts in the top ten this week on the Billboard 200, led by Jack White's Fear of the Dawn at number four, also starting in the top 10, friend of the podcast, Camila Cabello, has her third solo studio effort, Familia, bows at number 10. 
All right, so we promised more Coachella. Here's more Coachella. Or we promised just more Harry Styles as well. <laughs> we did. It's like our 15th episode about Harry Styles. You know what? We haven't had a headline about Harry Styles. We do, we've, <laughs> okay. we've talked That's about him. That's the way him. we soften the blow. All right, got it. <laughs> okay, the first weekend of Coachella just wrapped up on Sunday in Indio, California with Harry Styles headlining Friday night, Billie Eilish on Saturday night, and Swedish House Mafia with The Weeknd on Sunday night. But there's one particular moment we have to talk about. And that is Harry bringing out Shania Twain as his surprise guest on Friday night. So Shania descended this giant white staircase that was on Harry's stage to duet with the British pop star. First on Man, I Feel Like a Woman, and then on You're Still the One. Two very different songs. We had the super, like, upbeat, uh, poppy. Like, these two were grinding up on each other. She was caressing Harry's chest. They had a whole situation. And then for You're Still the One... They sat down. Shania had her acoustic, her bedazzled acoustic guitar. They were wearing matching, like, disco ball jumpsuits. Sure. It was all just, it was too much, honestly. (laughs) It was so good. Um, So both of those songs, of course, come from her blockbuster 1997 album, Come On Over. And here we are 25 years after that album was released. And one of the biggest pop stars in the world chooses Shania to join him for his Coachella debut. Um, You know, in the past, Harry's actually specifically called You're Still the One, his favorite song of all time. Really? Yes. So clearly he's not been secretive about his love of Shania. Um, And I I just have to say, like, I was on a a text thread with all of our writers who were in Coachella this weekend, and we had a little thread where they were just dropping kind of the biggest breaking news things to happen. So I could jump and like help online while they were in the desert on a phone, you know? Right. And uh, when they told me Shania came out, it was 10 to one in the morning. It was 1250. So it was Saturday morning. (laughs) Yeah. Keith's looking at me like, why were you awake? Um, I wasn't actually, I heard my phone and I woke up to it and was like, okay, I'm going to write a story now. So I wrote a story. Um, But I have to say, like, I was just so excited about this choice. Like we've seen special guests are such a big thing at Coachella. I just loved this choice. Am I, I'm, I, I want to pause. Yes. Who is, wasn't there another kind of youngish male pop star that really liked Shania Twain and did a duet with her in the past few years? And everyone was like, oh, wow, that's interesting and random. Like, well, who was that? Like, was it was it another person from One Direction? It definitely wasn't no. another person from One Direction. But there was definitely like Shania did another Random collaboration. Oh, with now, if I search Shania Twain duet, what am I going to get? All Harry Styles Harry right Styles. now. Um, maybe not necessarily. Uh, well, I remember like, you know, she was one of the people that Taylor Swift brought out for like the 1989 tour. I mean, she she's always having moments, but I don't know who you're specifically talking about here. Okay. Unfortunately. All right. Um, but, um, Keith, did you watch any of it? I watched snippets of the Man I Feel Like a Woman performance. Yeah. It's pretty great, though, wasn't it? Yeah, they had coordinating disco jumpsuits. They really did. Like, very very sequining. It was, it was just really great. And um, it actually got me thinking a little bit about Harry, you know, has had some brushes with country music before. Um, I think that he... Uh, clearly is a is a fan, although we have to talk about the fact that this is a young man. What, like, why does he why is he so into Shania when she like had her big moment 25 years ago? Likes older women. <laughs> well, I guess that does no. bear out. He, he, he uh, well, <laughs> or has a mom that's got good music taste that, you know, 
this is why I swear I'm like I'm thinking of some some younger pop star who duetted with Shania and I I what am who am I thinking of? Someone tell well, me. Well, don't worry, Twitter will tell us once we put this up. No. Um well I I it had it this collaboration um sort of reaffirms once again um Harry's um sort of breadth of knowledge of music in general and whoever is I mean, if it's just him having this incredible knowledge of of music from the past, good on him. Um, He's an old soul. I mean, he He must be. On the one hand, like he'll know like Shania Twain and, you know, an album that came out, you know, uh, three years before he was born because he's only 28. Wait, that's not that's not good math then because it's 2022. Hmm? After he was born, the album came out after he was born. Yeah, this is why when I've <laughs> tweeted things before about ages, people have quickly pointed out that I've been wrong. But also, you know, like he is a fan of Stevie Nicks and he's like covered Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer mm-hmm. on Howard Stern. And like he's he knows all sorts of random pop music that like I know and I'm right. much <laughs> right. older we're, than we're Harry Styles. Older than him. <laughs> um, anyway, sorry. Interject. No, like he he didn't he had to seek this music out is what you're saying. It didn't passively come to him. Sure. Because he's a young man. Way to get us back on track. <laughs> but um, it did make me think about some other country moments that, that Harry has had in the past. Um, so the first thing that I thought of was the fact that he brought out Casey Musgraves uh, on tour with him for his uh, live on tour, not love on tour, live on tour back in 2017 and 2018. That's when, that's when Casey opened. Yes. For only his U S and Canadian dates. Okay. And, um, while she was opening for him, she would come out on stage a few times. She did this, and uh, they would perform a duet together. And that duet was "You're Still, You're the, Still one. the One" by Shania oh, Twain. Okay. All right. <laughs> so my man has had some experience covering this song previously, and um, he actually kind of returned the favor with Casey when she was on her Golden Hour tour. He came out at her Nashville date, and they did her song "Space Cowboy" as well. So they're clearly. Friends, friendly, have similar music tastes, etc. Um, but I feel like when he chose Casey, that seemed surprising to some people. You know, I think that when she warmed up for him, that was pre her like album of the year win for Golden Hour. So clearly, like because if she then if he then went with oh, her right. on her tour, yeah, it was. So um, yeah, so it's cool to think that he had the you know interest level in country to do that back then, and then. Harry actually wrote a song alongside a few country songwriters you might have heard of. Um, Lori McKenna, Tom Hull, and Tyler Johnson. And that song was called Changes, and it was recorded by the country singer Cam for her 2020 album. Okay. And I wonder if it was one of those songs where he might have gone into the studio thinking he was writing for himself because... Harry's not just like a studio songwriter, a guy who's just like pumping out songs. People have recorded songs written by Harry previously, but uh, in in this case, I think maybe the song felt more suited to a female country voice. And Keith, did you find something on your phone <laughs> no, that you'd like to share? It's it. So Katie and I are recording the show together, <laughs> and I'm trying desperately to find this imaginary duet and you have not found it yet no but i found a, a screenshot of shania like her hand on harry's oh chest. she straight up stroked <laughs> right down his low v-neck keith 
It's just, I mean, look at that. Yeah, it's Holy great. And he kind of looked at her like, okay, okay, this is happening. I guess we didn't rehearse this bit. Okay. <laughs> no, he literally did have a look like, okay. I'm blushing. Right. This is like awkward looking. Oh, right. no, it was not awkward. It was wonderful. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway, continue. So Cam, there was a song by Cam. Yeah, so I didn't even realize Harry wrote a song that Cam recorded for her 2020 album. And then... In addition to that, uh, also during his live on tour, Harry started covering Little Big Town's Girl Crush, uh, which is another, like, the Harry loves the gender-bending situation. Right. Like, obviously, Girl Crush was Little Big Town's perspective of being jealous of a girl who had a man that they wanted. Right. Was that? And so then, of course, it's being recorded by a man. It gives it a whole different perspective. And then he's out here singing Man, I Feel Like a Woman with Shania. Um, you know, men's shirt, short skirts, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, right. <laughs> um, so these, these, all, all of these like country tidbits lead me to a series of questions, Keith. Okay. The first one is: Will, will there, could there ever be a Harry Styles country album? Okay, fun thought. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, I don't necessarily think that'll be Harry's house. No, I don't either, especially but, not judging by As It Was and the two songs he debuted at Coachella. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there could be lots of songs that may lean into that direction, mm-hmm. much in the same way that a lot of his previous material on the first two albums sort of leaned into kind of you know, rock and alternative kind of areas. And he, as a pop uh, performer, you know, can uh, dabble in lots of different sounds. So it wouldn't be the craziest thing. And I, I, as we've seen in the past few years, it's not crazy for an artist um, to release an album that is so diverse that you may ha- have a country song, maybe a sort of a hip hop leaning song and work different songs to different audiences and yeah and find different. It's, I mean, I mean, there was a time where Kelly Clarkson was being played on country radio and I mean, Taylor Swift is an example of someone who is sort of all over the place with genres. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at the, you know, folklore and and Evermore Evermore coming after her super pop albums. And yeah, I mean, like there's room for, you know, dabbling in all sorts of different sounds, obviously. And because because he's established Harry has established himself as such a connoisseur of and voracious. um, 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 What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, consumer of music yeah but also like you know tastemaker in the way in the way that when we had watt on the podcast Mm -hmm. and we talked about how he was a student of liner notes harry is very keen on learning about music of the past but also very much looking towards the future and clearly with the kind of interest in music that he has and and the influences he has it wouldn't be crazy for him to do something a little bit unexpected that yeah. might be a country song Who yeah knows? and you know i actually i said he debuted two songs at coachella uh one of which was called boyfriends and it was dedicated to like all the bad boyfriends of the world <laughs> and i just love harry it actually made me think of because he had all of his backup singers and and musicians join him for um like ha- like harmonizing mm-hmm. And it made me think of how the Eagles, who he's also a fan of, uh, they would start, they still do, all their concerts up at the front of the stage with all of them harmonizing on the song Seven Bridges Road. It kind of had that vibe. And while, as we were talking earlier, 
The Eagles are not a country band. They've been classified as California country and obviously have inspired a lot of country music and the country covers album, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, you really, you can almost listen to almost any Eagles record and there's country vibes today. Yeah. Today. Yeah. It would sound more country than a lot of stuff on oh, country. Radio ja- I mean, or country playlists. John Mellencamp is now country. John Mellencamp <laughs> is effectively a country artist. Like Bob Seger right. could be a country artist. Um, anyway. Okay. So we think the answer is maybe, and maybe we'll get some country songs, some country dabbling before we get a full album, but who knows what the future holds. Which um, next year, uh, uh, Harry Styles is, uh, Going to get a, a country Grammy nomination. Right. There you go. He'll follow Harry's house with Harry's honky tonk. You never, well, you know, also, <laughs> uh, Shania Twain, famously a pop country crossover artist mm-hmm. who started off, you know, very firmly as a country artist, but also kind of crossed over into pop much in the same way Taylor Swift did. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, Shania, when she put out her Up album, mm-hmm. the uh, Up exclamation point album, <laughs> she also had different versions of the album that uh, were remix, kind of tinkered with the sound a little bit. So there was the green album and the red album Mm. and then another color. And one was kind of the pop version. One was the country version. I mean, they used to do that. They did that with Man, I Feel Like a Woman, didn't they? They had like the country radio mix and the pop radio mix. That was the problem. MTV version. I now fall into a hole. (laughs) With with the original version of the Come On Over album, Mm -hmm. it was the country version. Mm -hmm. But when they took the songs to pop radio... They kind of took out a lot of the twangy yeah. bits, yeah. and those were all the pop versions that we remember from Top 40 Radio and from MTV. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem was, if you went to go buy that album, the you songs didn't get didn't, that version. The, the, the versions, you didn't hear them. And so if you wanted to and you were like a super keen, crazy fan back in the day— you would buy the imported international edition of the Come On Over So you're telling album. me these people never put out like a deluxe version that had the radio pop mix? Maybe, maybe later on. Yeah, but not like... I think maybe now on iTunes you can find yeah, it that Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. But yeah, back in the day it was just wild where you would hear stuff on the radio and see it on MTV and then you would go buy the album and You'd it be like, wouldn't be the this? same song. <laughs> you're like, what the hell is this thing? That's crazy. Anyway, sorry. All right, so my next question, and this is more of like a request. I'm really wanting and hoping that Shania and Harry might release these live recordings of the duets or maybe record a new version of them because I would like to listen to them on the regular. And, uh, you know, I don't think this is going to like set the world on fire, but I would like it for my personal enjoyment. Sure. You know? So that's my, I guess that's not really a question. Was it okay? (laughs) It's a question for Harry. Please, please put this out. Could you please put this out, Harry? Okay. Um, and finally, Keith. Okay. Do you or your charts comrades have any details on possible like streaming numbers since they performed these, you know, twenty-five-year-old songs on Friday night? Well, I did check. Okay. Uh, there is early preliminary data for Saturday. We were recording this on Monday morning. So yeah, and s- as I said, they went on stage at like just shy of one a.m. On, in Pacific, so 4 a.m. Eastern. So there were already some hours gone in the day. There there, there are some gains, okay. but nothing that looks like, whoa, oh, my God. Man. Man. Look I feel at those like stream streaming. gains. Yeah, okay, yours is better. <laughs> uh, so, but once we have a few more days in, then maybe there will be more of an increase. Okay. I think it, it's there's not going to be huge increases, I don't think, just because that 
the the live version wasn't uploaded to any official service. Right, and the interest is going to be in that version yeah. and the video of Shania stroking Harry's chest. Right, right. Yeah, I, I <laughs> clearly that is what's interesting you. Uh, do we think Shania is going to return for weekend two? Um, that's my other question: is whether um, whether he might have a different surprise guest for weekend two? Because remember, Ariana she brought out four fifths of NSYNC. For weekend one. So that means we're going to get a One Direction reunion next weekend? Well, the second weekend, she brought out Justin Bieber. So very different. So it feels like, I don't know, maybe Harry lines should die out for both weekends. Because, like, I feel bad for weekend two if they don't get that. No, you do something totally different and unexpected and just as fun. Yeah. I I do wonder what will replace those two songs on the set list, whether it's another guest or whether he pulls out you know, some deep cuts that Weekend 1 didn't get or whatever. The some... Eagles show up. <laughs> they do Seven Bridges Road. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Then then I'll be, I'll be like, so mad. Why didn't I go? <laughs> uh, I'm already lamenting not going to, um, you know, see Harry when he was headlining with Casey opening up because I wasn't a huge fan of either of them when that tour happened in 2017. So I missed the boat. But things have changed since. Things have changed. Five years later, I'm a smarter woman. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Let the choir sing when you call my name. This week in 1989, Madonna. Oh, hey, look, it's Madonna. This week in 1989, Taylor Swift was born. <laughs> Go ahead, Keith. Is, was she? No, I don't know about this oh. week. <laughs> no, uh, no, she's December. Don't listen to me. Madonna hit number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart and the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart with Like a Prayer. Uh, the album climbed to the top of the Billboard 200 list dated April 22nd, 1989, as did the song. And the album spent six weeks atop of the Billboard 200, the most of any of Madonna's nine number one albums. The Like a Prayer album would launch four top 10 charting hits on the Hot 100, including, of course, the number one title track, plus the number two peaking hits, Express Yourself and Cherish. Katie is nodding her head. Number two. It's just so sad. It is sad. <laughs> it is. It is. Keith, it wasn't for lack of Keith trying. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't I don't think I tried to do anything. I don't know. Well, you were purchasing her music. <laughs> I, I don't think I actually purchased the singles back then. Oh, really? Oh. Well, maybe I did. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the vinyl single for Express Yourself. Okay. Okay. I mean, I. So I, you did your part. I had the album. Yeah, yeah. And I watched MTV. Yeah. But then it watched <laughs> didn't me watching MTV the didn't go towards the chart. <laughs> anyway, I was a, that was when I first became like a Madonna fan mm-hmm. was the Like a Prayer album. Um, but it is, it does feel like. Express Yourself should have been a number one. Yes. But, you know, stuff happens. Uh, Anyway, the title track, uh, as I already said, also hit number one on the Hot 100. And Madonna would incredibly wait 11 years for her next number one album. Wow. Again, Katie's shaking her head. (laughs) When she returned to the top of the Billboard 200 with the album Music in the year 2000. That's not to say she wasn't a constant chart presence in the 1990s. Between the Like a Prayer and music albums, she charted seven top ten albums with five of them all reaching number two. There it is. So Ray of Light, Immaculate Collection. So the Immaculate Collection went to number two. I'm Breathless, music from Mm -hmm. and inspired by the film Dick Dick Tracy, Tracy. which included the song Vogue on it, went to number two. (laughs) Ridiculous. Um, The Erotica album went to number two. Ray of Light went to number two. 
And the Evita soundtrack went to number two. And then also in there, like Bedtime Stories went to number three. It was infuriating <laughs> to be like uh, a Madonna fan being like, oh my God, why can't, why, why? I'm sure a lot of, you know, crazy stands feel that way about all their faves <laughs> today when they don't go to number one right. or they stall out number 11. Anyway, there you have it. This week in 1989, Madonna topped the Billboard 200 with Like a Prayer, her third of so far nine number one albums. All right, we've reached three, two, whoop, ba da, ba ba da. We've reached the end of our big shoe. Any parting words? I forgot the other big news of this weekend that BTS announced their next album. It's coming in June. We don't have a title yet, though they tease the phrase, We Are Bulletproof, along with the date for the album, which is June 10th. Is We Are Bulletproof the name of an older song, though? No, they're, so fans are speculating that it's like the the like tagline of their new era but it could just be maybe the album is gonna be called bulletproof oh. or who knows we'll find out you know and they did move to um a new label well i mean they technically it's not new no 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 what in america now they're now they're a part of sort of the interscope family oh i thought you meant i was like big hit just rebranded no, as hybe like, big hit like hybe was yeah. going through the orchard in america oh, for distribution, okay. and their singles were promoted by so Columbia is this the Records. first album that's going to be through that this will oh. be the, this will be the first album through the hybe interscope very situation for bts okay um, so it'll be interesting to see what if anything changes yeah. with their rollout i'm sure you know and they of course just wrapped up four uh, residency dates in Las Vegas. Why do we call them residencies? It's just I four concerts in Vegas. Anytime somebody kind of like straddles weekends, it's called a residency. Okay. You know, that's I how I feel about it, at least. I think we get a little bit crazy with the phrase We residency. do. And it, yeah, it was only four dates, but it was uh, at the Allegiant Stadium where the NFL's Raiders play. 65,000 capacity. Did you see, um, as we're wild, falling wildly off track and we have like a few minutes left in, in actually recording this in the studio <laughs> did you see one of the publicists for bts mm -hmm. we both follow did you see their I'm like am i allowed to say names or <laughs> i'm not going to say the name okay. because okay. i don't want them to like have yeah yeah, yeah. coming after them did you see their instagram po their story from when they were at the show in the stadium no. mm -mm. i it i followed our own tetris kelly's coverage oh, okay. from the this, stadium but this this image it was wild. I, I, I DM'd this person. I said, you're basically in Arizona. Because the crowd was so enormous, and Allegiant Stadium is so big. So big. And the, the shot that this person had was, like, in the rafters. And this is somebody who, like, works within the, the team. <laughs> Obviously. But I'm like, my God, so the Maybe crowd. that was the perspective that they wanted to just take it all in. It's Absolutely. wild. Absolutely. I mean, it was just wild. I mean, wild. yeah, I, the closest thing I have to compare it to is seeing shows at the Rose Bowl. That would be, um, you know, football stadiums are next level for— yeah. For concerts. Wild. Yep. Um, okay, so BTS's new album coming. Harry might be doing a country record. Um, we don't know if <laughs> We're Shania, manifesting it. We don't know if Shania's <laughs> going to show up and, you know, feel up uh, Harry's chest next weekend. Um, so many possibilities. Should we do another Shania song to go out? <laughs> um, sure. Like, um, I'm, I mean, 
I became a Shania fan on the first album, Woman Like Me, right? Uh, Whose bed ha- what, have your boots yeah, been no, under? No, that wasn't my jam. My oh. jam was Any Man of Mine. Any, Any Man of Mine, mine. be proud of me. Love that song. So let's go out of that. Okay, see you guys next time. Bye. Any Man of Mine.